0: Don't you guys love our worship? Wow, thank you, Lord. This is all wonderful stuff we get to be a part of. Remember last week how in the sermon I was talking about the seasoning of Thanksgiving? The seasoning and all the preparation that goes into it and the results of Thanksgiving, what it looks like when we're filled up with Thanksgiving and overflowing with Thanksgiving and we're united in Thanksgiving, remember? Some of those things, if you don't, if you didn't get a chance to be here, you can sure see it online on our Sacramento First Church of the Nazarene's web page. And you can go on and you can watch it under the media highlights as well. It's interesting to me that uh, for many years, and I'll explain here in a second, Thanksgiving was a major part of our history. Hmm. So why is it that you think well I'm not going to necessarily this will be rhetorical why do you think the people set apart an annual time of reflection and acknowledging their thankful feelings why do we set that time apart why do we do this annual celebration of Thanksgiving well I know one because in 1846 a lady named Sarah Hill was very adamant in trying to begin a campaign to have a Thanksgiving Day established as a national holiday. After writing to five five different presidents, writing dozens of editorials in local papers, Abraham Lincoln in 1863 was moved by her thoughts. He finally decided to establish a national holiday and he declared it to be a day that was set aside for people in our nation to be thankful for our blessings, and he added not to forget the source from which they came, the gracious gifts of the Most High God. Woohoo! Sorry, that's just me. Now, if you're me, and you're not, fortunately for you. You might think, wait a minute, we've just been shafted. What? We're going to have just a national day of holiday once a year uh, of Thanksgiving? A holiday just one day a year? Is that it? Is that all we got? As a nation, we're just setting apart one day? I think it's a tragedy to just spend one day a year being thankful, eating food and watching football, Right? or playing good music I I don't know what do you think hmm well that's just the way I wonder this is a special time that we actually consider not just what has happened but we can also learn to be thankful for what is about to happen because God is Lord of our lives that's a new beautiful way to think about things Yes, we have a day of tasty, seriously labored over food and football, the day before Black Friday, right? Okay, that's what our society tells us. Okay, we got more. God's given us way more. Who would value our intent if our gratitude ratio is 1 in 365? If we're only thankful every 365th time, we actually say thanks that 365th time, wouldn't people start dropping off the grid as our friends? Right? Don't you think they'd like to hear thank you every now and then? Don't you think God would like to hear you say thank you for what you've been a part of in my life? Thank you for your grace and love and forgiveness in me. I sure don't deserve it, but man, am I thankful. Let's just not take one day off for football and food as a day of thanksgiving, unless of course your team wins. Bad joke. Let's choose to set our lives apart as regular examples of what Thanksgiving really looks like, acts like, lives like, all the time. Paul wrote this in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Let's try this again. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Wow, you guys are starting to learn. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always. Everything. It's a part of life, not just an annual celebration. Most of us mentally already know that, but sometimes we kind of let things go. In order to really get the benefit of what Thanksgiving is in our lives, we need to make an all-in, 100% of the time, lifestyle of Thanksgiving to God. Thankfulness to people. We will choose to be thankful people all the time, not just once a year, right? I heard one right out of this whole audience. Is that what we are to be and to do and how we are to enjoy life? How we can help other people to enjoy life because we are demonstrating thankfulness on all sides of our life so people are going, woo, I want to be around them. That's the kind of person I want to be around. I want to enjoy what they have to offer because they recognize what I have to offer. And pretty soon the Thanksgiving begins to glow. Has anyone told you that you glow with the Spirit's presence? When you're in our presence, you're glowing, and I love what I see in you. It's just a dynamic and powerful thing. And I'm so thankful for what God has been doing in your life because I can see it in you. Has that ever happened? There was a pilot who was making his first, well, not first. He'd actually done it before, but he was making a flight across the Atlantic Ocean. And when he was on his way, you can see this is an old plane because this is an old story. Um, He was actually flying across, and in the middle of his flight, he was a long ways out already across. Hadn't gotten halfway yet, but he was a long ways out. All of a sudden, he began hearing a whole bunch of gnawing underneath his dash. (laughs) He looked down on the floor, and dropping down from behind his instruments, was a whole bunch of wire pieces falling down. Now, the wires are connected to instruments that are vital for the continuation of the entire flight and the landing at the end of the flight, and he still had a long ways to go. This caused him a lot of consternation and a lot of fear because he was like going, I can't reach underneath and try and find it. Probably wouldn't be a good idea anyway to have a big mouse bite on my thumb, my finger. I got to figure out what to do. All of a sudden he went, I can't do anything but this. He took his mask, he put it on, made sure the oxygen levels were set, and he turned his plane and went straight up. Pretty soon, the atmosphere got lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter, lighter and then the rat died and fell. He came back down, leveled off, and went ahead with his flight. I think we should go higher today, don't you? and we should cause those root areas that might be grinding away at the wires of our lives to drop off. Maybe it's grumbling. I don't know if you have any of that. Or maybe it's negativity. I don't know if you've got any of that. Maybe it's things like doubt that keep moving in and gnawing away on the wires of your heart and your life. Maybe we just need to go higher. Higher to have the atmosphere change around who we are so that we are not just in our presence, we are in God's presence, and his presence knocks that kind of garbage out, kills it off, wipes it away. I'm glad someone agrees, but you know what? I believe that that is where we need to live, not just temporarily, but all the time. It's something that just needs to capture us, draw us close, Last week when I was talking about being in God's presence and the smoke filling the tabernacle and then the disciples on the day of Pentecost experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in their midst absolutely coming down on them, I believe that God wants to do that here. You heard that last week and if you didn't, you're going to hear it this week. I believe God wants to do it today in our presence because we are his people. He wants us to be a united force, filled with him, full of thanksgiving and life because he's given it to us, and we are now in the atmosphere of God's powerful presence. Our worship led us into God's presence today. You might not recognize it, but all these songs that we were singing flow with the sermon I didn't get it all before, but man, as we were singing them, I'm going, wow. Those songs were chosen long before the sermon was ready. God put it together. He was designing worship to bring his presence in here with us. So as we thank him, as we worship him, as we participate in this, he is going to bless us together, right? I want us to turn in our Bibles to Psalms 103. If you have your Bibles, and if you don't, I won't call you out because we'll put the scriptures up here psalms 103 is a part of king david and one of the psalms that he gave that were demonstrating his heart and his thankfulness and giving us praise opportunities to recognize what god has done so our hearts will be thankful we'll be given praise to the lord we'll be celebrating who he is let's look at this together ready it starts off this way praise the lord It starts off right away saying, praise the Lord. Praise Him. It's not just a nice thought. It's an action. It's an activity. It's a blessedness, honoring, blessing, enjoying, celebrating His presence. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. He said it twice, didn't he? And forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I think we'd better learn how to go higher into God's presence today. Are you ready to go there with me? good there's more than one let's step up and rise into god's presence together through his word because king david is helping us to recognize these things as we go higher are you ready there are five thank-filled inspirations. And inside your bulletin, you'll see there's an outline of this morning's sermon. You'll be able to fill in blanks, be able to take them home. They're all from the scriptures, so I'm not making up weird stuff like I did last week. They're actually going to be right from the scriptures, so you'll be able to fill in the blanks without any trouble. And if you do have trouble, you can always look at the very end of the outline and find the answers anyway. However, If you feel stuck or you just feel like you need to be able to have God's Spirit speaking to you more and you want to have the entire context of the sermon, you can sure get a copy because we have those copies available for you if you would like to have a copy to be able to read later, to be able to hear later what God might be saying to you. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one is from King David. The Lord forgives all your sin. Wow, you guys are dead today. The Lord forgives all your sin. All your sin, all of your sin. He forgives it. Psalms verse 3 there, Psalms 103 verse 3. The very first part says, "Who forgives all your sin." David gets it. He understands the power of what God is doing in our lives. I'm so thankful that God forgives sin, aren't you? How often do you thank him for forgiving you for specific things? I spoke last week about being a teen, a teenager, who was filled with misery. I struggled with sin. I was even consumed by some sin. My heart and my mind were twisted in ways that I knew that they shouldn't be. And I could sure relate to the Apostle Paul who wrote these words when he said, I do not understand what I do. For what I do, what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I see another law at work within me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? I've experienced joy in this word forgiveness. Forgiven for all my sins. You know what I say when I'm tempted? I'm going to stop here and help you to be able to get this. I'm putting it up here on the screen on purpose. When I am tempted, look at what I do and say, are you ready? Thank you. How how did I start that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because I already know he's a forgiving God. When I am tempted, I start by saying, thank you, Lord. That means I'm recognizing he is forgiving to me. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and helping me to resist the power of that sin in my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. You need a way to be able to stand against the fiery darts of the wicked one? Start off with saying, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and helping me today, to resist that power of that sin, specific, be very specific, direct it right in at it, that I am being tempted with today. Right? You can be overcomers. You are overcomers. You actually have authority as God's child so you can claim victory over sin and celebrate your forgiveness. Any of you know what I'm talking about? I'm glad two people raised their hands because I understand that we all have places we need God to work in us. We just don't admit it outside. We won't say it out loud. But I guarantee you we are all tempted in many ways, Jesus said, even as I am. He has been tempted in every way, even as we are. How in the world did Jesus say no to sin? I bet he started by saying, thank you, Lord. I bet he started recognizing that he wasn't going to go somewhere that was going to hurt him and defeat him and keep him from the best. If you've accepted God's gracious forgiveness in your life for your sins through the Son's sacrifice on the cross, thank Him boldly for the beauty of His loving forgiveness and grace in your life. Boldly. And if you don't know the joy of God's forgiveness and freedom from that curse of sin... I encourage you to personally accept his free offer of forgiveness for your sins today. Don't wait. Don't say, I'll get around to it when I'm a little older and I don't have to worry about sin. It's not true. Today is the day of salvation for all who will put their trust in him. I want you to say this scripture because it's the very first thing that David says. I want you to say this with me. Are you ready? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins. Amen? David's second thank-filled inspiration is that the Lord heals all your diseases. A lot of us have some problems with that, but it's usually because we're not recognizing where God is wanting to work in our lives and what he's wanting to do in us and through us. We have been wonderfully created by God with bodies that work to fight off diseases 24-7. You realize that, right? Now, our bodies do not fight off everything because they've become immune to a lot of different things over the course of time and throughout the course of history. A lot of things affect us differently today than they used to affect us. I think we should say thank you, Lord, for the amazing bodies he's given to us. He created to help protect us. He gave us the ability to be strong and healthy all the time when we didn't have any way to fight off a lot of things except what he gave to us. I love James who wrote and watched Jesus. He, he talked about him. He lived with him. He was around him all the time. And, and he wrote about this in his book, James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. He writes about the work of faith in our healing and he says this, Is any of you in trouble? He should pray. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. You notice that that ended with who is actually involved in healing. It is the Lord. It is not the elders of the church It is not the oil. It is the Lord who is our healer. What is his name as healer? Jehovah. Jehovah Rapha. God the healer. He is God our healer. I've seen many healings in my life. I don't know about you. Many, many healings. I remember even as a little kid, I was watching a person laying on the floor and the pastor came up and said, what's going on? He said, I can't walk. And we had seen this for a long time. They couldn't walk. Matter of fact, he walked like this because one leg was way longer than the other for many, many years. And he says, I finally came to the place. I just can't keep going. And we gathered around him and began to pray over him. Me and my lack of faith as a young person stood and prayed over him along with everybody else, and we literally watched his leg grow out in front of our eyes. And we all went... Did we have faith? Yeah. I didn't have as much faith as a couple of the other people in there. But when that happened in, sight, in our sight, watching it happen, we were literally captivated by what God was doing because no one was pulling his leg. No one was adjusting his back. No one was trying to make him straighten out. He'd already tried all the chiropractic stuff. He'd already tried all the doctors. Nobody could get it to work. But God. That's just one of many examples. Sometimes God has a higher purpose, though, than a physical healing. In heaven, we're going to enjoy complete healing. I'll have a new resurrected body, just like Jesus. According to Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.42, and you'll be able to see the whole thing here, I'm just going to mention these different parts of what he's talking about. Our bodies will be imperishable. They will be glorious. They will be powerful. They will be spiritual. In heaven there will be no more disease. There will be no more death. There will be no more tears and sorrow. Yesterday, we were sorrowful for one that was lost here, a family member in our church. We were sorrowful for their loss. However, we know that they don't ever have to mourn or fear or worry or go through any of the stuff that we're going through. They are free forever already. I love this. In Revelations chapter 21, verse 5, this is a part of what God's promise is being fulfilled with when he says, I am making everything new. Heaven is going to be incredibly beyond our personal grasp because we don't really see what heaven's going to be like. We don't perceive all the details of heaven and we don't need to because God's given us life here and now. But we can step out in faith and pray and believe And thank God for healing. And then that certain phrase that I use all the time comes in at the end of my prayers. I can hardly wait to see what God's going to do next. What about you? Is your faith focused on the one who is the giver of healing? The healer? Not a person, not a group, not an ointment, but on Him, your healer? Mm. I want you to say this phrase with me because this is the next one in this line. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who... What? Heals Heals how much? All. All your diseases. Trust him. Ask him. Walk with him expectantly, gloriously, thankfully. David's third... Thank filled inspiration is that the Lord, number three, redeems life. I love this. Verse four begins by saying, Who redeems your life from the pit? It's talking about hell. I'll be straight with you. It's just talking about hell. Redeems your life from hell, from the pit. You don't have to go there, you can't get out if you do. I have sinned I deserve a penalty for my sin I could never earn my way out of the sentence or a plan an escape I'm not El Chapo I could never find a way out actually he can never find a way out either to what we're talking about today by his own money and ability When people realize that they'll be going to spend a life sentence in prison and eternity in hell for their wicked thoughts and actions, they often become desperate, looking for a way out. They try to find a good lawyer. Number one, they'll just try and lawyer up right away. They will look for loopholes in the system to try and get themselves out of it. They'll just try and buy their way out with bribes. But God knows our hearts. He sees through the deceit and the mischievousness that we try and step around the truth with. He knows when we want to get away with murder, unpunished, and escape our just judgment. But since he is just, he's not going to fall for all of our ploys to get out from under judgment. This word here that David is using is the word redeem. To be redeemed from a sentence, someone has to pay a substantial fee to be able to just be able to get out on the street for a little while. But if they're redeemed, their sentence is not reduced, deferred, or suspended. Redeemed means they are set free, it's erased, it's forgotten, it's not just suspended, it is gone. And God who knows our hearts and is the Redeemer, He absolutely knows our heart. He knows if we actually have remorse and whether or not we are willing to... What's that word? It's a tough one. Repent. Any of you heard of that word? He knows if we're actually willing to repent of our sins, turn from them, He's the only one that can offer us forgiveness. But he looks at our heart. We can't buy our way out. With his forgiveness, we don't need a lawyer. We don't need to bribe anyone. It wouldn't work. We can't weasel our way out of it. We only need to put our faith and trust in God's only plan to redeem us, which is through his son, Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can offer us forgiveness for our sins. That part there about the pit, there is no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. No other way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. That's why we have this right here in the very front hanging right in front of everyone's sight to be able to see it is the cross of Jesus Christ where he died and shed his blood to pay the penalty for your sins so you could be set free. You could have eternal life. You wouldn't have to worry about the pit because he's redeemed you through his love and forgiveness because you put your faith and trust in him. Wow. Jesus loved us so much. He was willing to die on a cross for our freedom, to give us a clean life, to show us his unlimited love. He chose to redeem us with his life so that we could live both now, some people look past that, and also forever. God redeemed us so we can live life to the fullest now. You guys realize that? He doesn't want us just to have eternal life in heaven. He wants to redeem us so we can start living the fullness of His presence right now. I'm going to do it again. woo I have life in the Spirit today. I don't have to wait till heaven. I have it today. Right now, I have victory over sin and death right now in my life. I don't have to wait to heaven to celebrate. I can celebrate today. Every day, because I've been renewed, I've been refreshed, I've been given life in Jesus Christ my Lord. I could go to preaching. I could. I've got to be careful. But the truth is the truth, and that's where I put the period. Period. You've got to hear these scriptures. I'm going to say them real quickly, one right after the other, but I want you to hear what they say because it speaks right into the middle of our redemption, right into the middle of what's going on in our lives, right in the middle of what God is doing in us and through us and for us. Listen along as I start in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. It says this. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without spot or blemish. Bless the Lord. Isaiah 59 20 The Redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who what's that word? wow repent of their sins the redeemer will come hosea 13 verse 14 says i will deliver this people from the power of the grave that's the pit i will redeem them from death the redeemer galatians three thirteen. he speaking of christ redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Oh, man, do you guys wake up in the morning and recognize what our Redeemer has done for us? Woo-hoo. I did it really quietly that time. Woo-hoo titus chapter 2 verse 14 says jesus christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good oh god is so good just as jesus gave his life for you won't you give your life for him Thankfully, say this verse with me because this goes with what David just said. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who redeems your life from the pit. Now, I want you to change your to my. Ready? Who redeems life from the pit. Thank you, Jesus. David's fourth thank filled inspiration is that the Lord crowns you with two things love and compassion wow he is our redeemer and he just doesn't say you're redeemed i'm out of here you go your way he crowns you with love and compassion do you realize that you are a child of the king of forever you wear a crown of righteousness today as well as in heaven He crowns you with his love and compassion because he wants you to live it. Did you get that? If he crowns you, that means you are in charge of this love and compassion that will be flowing out of your life. Wow, some people didn't really think about that, huh? He's given you the authority to be able to be a person who loves as he loves and be compassionate as he is compassionate. Any of you guys ever read this? Recognize it? Want to live it? This is our mission statement here in our church. It says, Worship God, grow spiritually, love others, serve faithfully. That's a part of compassion and love. That's a part of us having the crown that He puts on us to be the people who love and have compassion as He does. We are His hands and His feet. As a soccer player, I can, that, that has nothing to do with it. We are his hands and his feet because we actually press into God's best for others, with others. We help others to recognize his love because we are his love. We become his compassion to the people around us who are desperate for somebody who actually will care for who they are. They'll actually listen to them because they're willing to get down on their level and love them and sit with them and be with them and just love as Jesus loved So much I could say here. There's opportunities around us all the time. Listen to this poem. Some of you know who Fanny Crosby is. She was an incredible writer of hymns. uh, But she was blind from the time she was born. She was always blind. And when she was eight years old, she literally wrote this little poem, which is in your outline oh what a happy soul am i although i cannot see i am resolved that in this world contented i will be how many blessings i enjoy that other people don't to weep and sigh because i'm blind i cannot and i won't isn't that cool Even in her blindness, she daily learned of and celebrated God's amazing love and compassion for her. What crowns have been placed on your personal mantle, on your head? What crowns have been placed on you? Say this thankfully with me. This scripture again, this is right out of what David wrote. He said this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who crowns you with love and compassion. I'm going to change you to me. Here we go. Ready? He crowns me with love and compassion. Did you get it? It's real. It's not pretend. It's divine inspiration and unction from the Spirit of God living alive in us. Not just showing up on Sunday. Every day. David's fifth thank-filled inspiration is that the Lord gives us Good things. Remember last week how I emphasized good? He gives us good things. Who, desi- who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Don't we all want good things in life? No one does. That's okay. Listen to what First Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 say. For everything God created is... let's try that again. For everything God created is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with Thanksgiving. Because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. Wow consecrated by the word of god and prayer you will never be able to count all the good things that god has done for you doesn't matter how many good things he does every single day you'll never be able to count them all because he is living and active around you in you through you all the time god doesn't require us to count all the good things he does he's actually kind of humble for being god And that's why I pray over my food before I eat, because I'm grateful, so I thank him for it. I know it's a simple thing, and some people do, and some people don't. I do, because guess what? I am so grateful that I have something to eat. Because I've been on some mission fields with people who didn't have much of anything at all, who couldn't even walk because their legs were so spindly from not being able to have muscle or anything in their diet that was worthwhile of helping them to walk. I am so thankful that I can eat. I am so thankful that God has blessed me. I hope you are desiring and thankful of his blessing, his goodness to you in your life. I hope that it just flows out, and I don't care if I'm in a restaurant. I don't care what other people think of me. It doesn't matter what they think. It matters what he thinks. And when I'm expressing my thanks to him, there is a communion and a joy there that goes between a father and a son. Oh, how blessed I am to be God's son. As basic as it sounds, maybe we could take some special time every day, just set it apart to be thankful. You guys know what I do at the end of every sermon, right? You know the two words that I use at the end of every sermon? So what? You've heard, you've seen, you've understood, and I know because we prayed for it, that God's Spirit has spoken to you at some point or another throughout this morning. I know He has. So what? Do you really listen and pay attention and not forget his many benefits don't forget god's forgiveness don't forget god's healing don't forget god's redemption don't forget his love and compassion don't forget the good things that he has done for you in your life remember celebrate live out loud your continued and honest offerings of thanksgiving for all he's done you don't have to be in your closet to say thank you lord Because most of us don't go to the closet too much. How much time do we really spend in God's closet? With him, alone, personally, literally, with him, intimately, on, with, us. How much time do we really do that? If we just gave 10%, just 10% of our time to the Lord every day, it would be 2.4 hours a day. Do you even give a tenth of your time to God every day? No, of course not, Pastor. Are you kidding? That's way, 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 that's way too much time. I couldn't come up with that amount of time. I'm not going there. You can. You can find time. You could make time. If you really want to express your true thanks to God, if you want to demonstrate your heart that is lifting to Him, worshiping Him, loving Him, adoring Him, enjoying Him in your life, you can find time to do that. So let's make it happen, all right? So what means we're going to do something with what God has given us because the next word, it's not on your outline, is that word that I talked about again last week. Now what? So what? Now what? what? At the end of his life, a Methodist preacher, William E. Sangster, was very, very weak. He had lost his voice and he was a preacher. So he could only communicate with his church through the painstaking work of writing. And he would literally, he could only use two fingers, and he would literally painstakingly write out every word with those two fingers. And this was the last thing he wrote before he died. A pastor friend of mine used to visit an invalid girl. One of her many sicknesses was a tendency to curvature of the spine, so she lived in a Phelps box. That's pretty rough. It looked like a shallow coffin. Children with a tendency to curvature of the spine used to be strapped in them as nearly flat as possible. Her box they put next to the window. She told my friend, in this position, I can only look up. On the night sky when I can't sleep, I play with the stars. Play with the stars? How can you play with the stars, he asked. She said, well, I pick the brightest one and I say, that's mummy. I pick another bright one and say, that's daddy. I find a twinkling one and say, that's my brother. That's my puppy. That's my nurse. That's my doctor. That's the lady who cleans my room for me every day. And on and on she went. Nothing and no one seemed forgotten in her perspective. Then she said, but there aren't ever enough stars to go around for everyone who helps me. Hmm. Then he wrote these last words. There aren't enough stars to go around. Go home and count the stars. That's from a thankful heart. Go home and count the stars. Be thankful for the stars in your life. But you know me, I don't stop there, right? Some of you don't know me very well that's just thankfulness and I have a little twist that I put on the end of that added to that not taking away from it but added to that it's not just an expression of thanks it says now it's time for you to be a star don't just count them be a star thankfully reflecting God's beauty to all of those around you amen father Help us to be the most beautiful, thankful people we can for everything that you accomplish in and around and through us. I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. I'm going to change the words. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I'll thankfully live For you. Amen.